Welcome to Women Weekend, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, your childhood, early life conditioning, to shift from a place of codependency to a state of divine feminine love, acceptance, harmony, and abundance. On Women Waken, we begin the, the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has faced most of the issues that I address on the show. On this guest episode, I welcome the dynamic duo from the awesome podcast, The Love Fix, Carla and Sherry. Carla, Sherry, and I have so much fun digging into all things dating, love, relationships, and both of these lovely women specialize in coaching and working with women or anyone who's experienced codependency, unhealthy relationships, toxic situations, to move into a place of greater self-love and acceptance. So clearly, we're all on the same page here, and we have a great time sharing our own experiences, our own takes, viewpoints. It's just a big old party around love and all the yummy and delicious stuff that comes with it. So take a listen and enjoy. Hello, Carla and Sherry. Welcome to the Women Waken podcast. Hello, hello. Thanks for having the love fix on your podcast. Yeah, hello. it's awesome. awesome to have you. So you guys, the love fix, an amazing podcast, a fun podcast, very successful. It's doing awesome. Who are you? Where did this come from? How did this come to be? Tell me everything. <laughs> it all, I dropped in Sherry's DMs. You know, we always- <laughs> Ooh, you slid we, in? I slid in. Um, <laughs> you know, I think Sherry, I actually don't think it was a DM. I really think it was an email, but we always talk about it being a DM. Oh, wow. It's funner to say. It's such a thing now oh. that it's like- Fuck it. I slid into Sherry's DMs <laughs> and our love affair of the love fix started. That was pretty amazing. Up. I we were kind of it was yeah we're soul we're we're soul sisters. We have the same levels. birthday. We're thirty no. years apart. Yes. Okay. Yes. Wait. When's your birthday? I got to know. When is it? February twenty first. Okay. So you are a no. You guys Pisces. are Aries. Pisces. Pisces. Oh, you're Pisces. Little watery lovers. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. It was. It was. She. She wanted to do. She. Carla. She. Do, she. She wanted to do an Instagram live, which I haven't really done a lot of those. And I, you know, learning, I was still learning about all this kind of stuff. I Instagram. was just wanting to collaborate with other people who I was like, oh, they seem really cool. Yeah. So I, I loved her energy. As you can see, she has great energy. And I was looking for a co-host for a long time. I mean, really, I had talked to a lot of people and the Carla was the one. I said, oh, I want her because I love her energy. I think we brought different things to the table and we really do. We, we, we're different. We have just different, um, what's the word, different skill sets. And, but Um, we have such similarities. Like I'm, you know, recovering codependent. So is Sherry. Sherry also is in the love addiction too, but we have such similar stories. And even though we're 30 years apart and such similarities of the work that we've done and just our values around us being experts in the work that we help people with. And it just was this like really awesome divine connection uh, that I like to say is spiritual. You just, you know, we, and we didn't meet for the longest time. We had the podcast for almost two years and then finally met in person. Oh, that was pretty exciting. We have a video on our Instagram um, that shows us meeting at, what is it? The, uh, the Love, Love Fix, Fix pod- podcast. podcast on IG. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, we're hugging and we we're just so happy. It was the best. Now, where are you both in the world, in the country? Where do you reside? Are you in separate places? We are. I'm on the East Coast. Well, okay. Well, Sherry, go ahead. You can talk about your- Well, we met. I was just in California. I was only in California. And then Mm -hmm. I moved to Florida a year ago, May, part-time. So actually, I I really live in both places. I probably go back and forth. I probably live in both places. I would say, I probably. (laughs) (laughs) You do. You're bi-coastal. I am bi-coastal. Yeah. Yeah. Like every two months I go back and forth. Fancy. All right. 
Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear from each of you a bit about your journey to being co-host on The Love Fix. Because of course, your show is such a beautiful, fantastic resource for those of us in the trenches of trying to not only love ourselves, but find how to share healthy, safe love with another and break free of codependency, of toxic relationships and cycles that just keep us feeling defeated and stuck. So where, as far back as you all want to go, I'd love to hear what was your own personal journey? What has been your professional work up until this time? I really like to say it for me, my codependency started in my childhood. I really feel like I was born into codependency. So I didn't know what life was like until I learned to break free from it. So I go all the way back to my childhood where I had an abusive father. My parents divorced when I was really little. And so I always felt like I wasn't enough or lovable. And I always was seeking that in relationships. Even when I was a little girl, I like wanted boyfriends so badly. Like, you know, my sisters would always tease me like, oh, Carla's got a new boyfriend, you know, in elementary school. But it was true. Like I needed that validation. Like I, I wanted these boyfriends so bad because then, oh, I meant that I was lovable. I was enough. I was okay. And it wasn't until my early 20s where I was in this abusive relationship. And I have to tell you, I was in codependent relationships, unhealthy relationships prior to this as well, like toxic relationships. It wasn't just like, oh, I was in these healthy relationships and then was in this abusive relationship. No, it was the abusive relationship where I hit my bottom. And I went on this solo trip to Ireland and I was standing in the Wicklow Forest and I just saw two paths in front of me. And it was just this first time where I really tapped into spirituality and I wasn't spiritual before, but I was starting to get into spirituality for myself. And I just saw these two paths in front of me. And I just heard this voice that was like, you're going to be okay no matter what. And it was this choice of choosing to be in this dysfunctional relationship and continue dysfunctional relationships and this dysfunctional behavior or end that relationship. And as I like to say, begin the most important relationship that I have today and I will ever have, which is the relationship with myself. And so I ended that abusive relationship and I begun that relationship with myself and I learned how to love myself. I learned how to take care of myself. It was the starting journey and starting point of breaking free from codependency. Um, I learned what healthy relationships are, how to have boundaries, how to say yes, how to say no, um, what red flags looked like, how to communicate. I mean, all of this stuff um, I was able to do. And I just thought to myself at the time I was working in television and I had a codependent relationship with TV at the time working in the industry. And it was no longer serving me because I was changing and I was showing up differently to life. And I just thought, you know, other people are going through this too. Why not help them in their journey as well? And so that's where I really, you know, broke off and started my business. My coaching business got certified, wrote my book, uh, Contagious Love, Break Free from Codependency for Damn Good, partnered with the one and only Sherry Gaba right here as well, started the Love <laughs> Fix podcast. And now I'm here hanging out with you, Whitney. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's really how my journey came about. Beautiful. And uh, Carl, how is it that we've had the same life? Is that interesting that we've walked the same path? You you even went to the UK to go and have your... I know, my spiritual I, awakening. Yes. There's something yeah, about and, that. And I, you know what's funny? I, I my That is on my bucket list. I have to go to Ireland and, and England. I mean, that is like... I, I, I'm obsessed. I don't know when I'm going to go. I was supposed to go to Scotland next November, but that may not happen. I'm on a... I'm on a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a lottery because too many people, <laughs> too many people signed up. I guess that's what it's called. A lottery. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people signed up, but I hope to get there next year. I would love to go. And I, maybe there's going to, something's going to happen to me there. And that's why I'm being called. I don't Something's know. definitely going to happen because you're being called. You're obsessed. And also we both mentioned that it was a transformative experience for us to be there. So you need to go tap into your portal over. Oh, in yeah, interesting. I love it. Yeah. Well, my story, basically, I was born a love addict. I was premature. And back um, when I was born, I'm in my early 60s. Uh, we mothers were not allowed to hold their premature babies. So I was in an incubator. I was uh, being fed through my feet, oxygen mask on my nose. And my mother didn't hold me for three months. And she'd already had a miscarriage before me. So she'd already been a very anxious person. I'm, I'm pretty sure by the time I came. Uh, into the world. So I was looking for that love from day one. And so in, in my book, Love Smacked, I talk about all my multiple relationships, marriages, one to the next, to the next, to the next. Uh, my, my whole sense of being was based on 
having someone in my life. And if I didn't, I felt completely alone and empty and uh, just not worthy of much. Uh, it took me a long time until my 50s, my last divorce to an alcoholic that really brought me to my knees. So once I divorced the alcoholic ex, I think everything changed. That was my bottom. And I think um, I've improved in the choices that I've made in the last 10 years. I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. Awesome. Beautiful. And then Sherry, do you want to share with us a little bit about, about your professional path? Like how did this influence your choices about what you pursued for your work? So I became a therapist midlife. I was a single mom and I wanted to help other single moms. So that's what I did in my thirties. Um, I, uh, worked in hospice. I worked at rehabs because of the alcoholic. I somehow ended up in the rehab world. I ended up on celebrity rehab as the therapist on the show. I was mostly behind the scenes. I aired a couple times and, um, that it was all about him, him, him. He's the alcoholic. So I'm going to work in this field. I'm going to write a book. So my first book, infinite recovery at the time, it, it had a different name, the law of sobriety. It was all about recovery and the law of attraction. And then I kind of woke up, um, about 10 years ago. And I said, why am I focused on addict alcoholics? And nothing wrong with addicts and alcoholics. I have the greatest compassion for addicts and alcoholics, but this is about me. So it was so symbolic of my obsession with him. So that's when I kind of changed my career um, trajectory and started getting more involved in helping people with codependency and love addiction and toxic relationships. And I, that that is where I'm supposed to be. I mean, I, I love all the work that I've done in the recovery world of, of alcoholism and addiction, but I really, really needed to make the change and, and you know, own who I was and stop focusing on him. Yeah, absolutely. And then when you guys came together, how did you know that you wanted to focus on love? How did you guys collaborate and say like, you know what we should do is a love and dating relationship podcast? I don't think we actually thought about that. I think it was just a given. We were like, let's just, it just like came together. Unless Sherry, you have a different version. But for me, it was like, okay, well, we both do codependency. So let's do codependency, toxic relationships, dating. Like, and let's just addiction. do it all. And love addiction. Yeah. We're like, let's just do it all. Because my focus was very much on dating and relationships. And that's the type of coaching that I focus on. I also do life coaching and life transition, all that kind of stuff too. And some career coaching. But my, my focus, my niche is really dating and relationships. And yeah, I mean, to be transparent, I, I was a little concerned that, oh, I can't do this work. I, I don't have the perfect relationship. And I realized, no, that's not true. You know, being in the trenches is what people want to hear about. And it makes you more real. It makes you more authentic. I mean, my whole book is about that. I mean, I was going to say, I actually didn't know that that was what your hesitation was. My thing is there is no perfect relationship. There just isn't like there, there's healthy relationships, but there's no perfect relationship. And so I'm glad, Sherry, that that's not, you know, that didn't stop us. Well, I had this us. idea that, oh, well, I, if I have successfully achieved this place, then now I am worthy of having a successful podcast, which is just silly because yep, I've been talking about my journey, you know, from my book being published, Love Smacked, and it just, it was kind of a... You know, that's just how our brain is. You know, we we have these thoughts and um, they hijack them. So I say, start wherever you are. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was a guest on someone's podcast recently and they, they nicely said, uh, they said, Whitney, I think that you are, you know, a symbol of this statement. You teach what you need to learn. Right. Which was a nice way of saying like, you're still in it, aren't you? <laughs> and I am just like you is that I started speaking recently more openly about my personal experiences currently with dating and relationships and love, because I think really it's because I'm, I feel finally done with it to stop going through this cycle of codependent, unhealthy, toxic situations of selling myself short and not honoring myself enough to wait for someone who actually sees me and, and makes an effort for me. And so I've just started talking about challenges of dating and, and relationships. Want that. I mean, I noticed yeah. like even on Instagram, when I post something super duper real, not that my posts are never real, they are very real. But mm -hmm. when I post something really raw, I get the most, you know, people liking it or commenting. So it's rather interesting that what we think people don't want to hear, what we think people don't want to hear is exactly what they want to hear. They want to hear the truth yeah. is what they want to yeah. hear. I think now more than ever, I think people are starving for the truth because there's 
there's not a lot of truth out there in our external world. Most of the messaging we receive through whether it's it's media or corporations or businesses or any sort of industries are, it's not very transparent. That's a big thing I talk about in my podcast is that, you know, a big issue with our world is a, is a lack of transparency. Everything is veiled. Look at politics. It's so hard to trust that anything we're being told is genuine and real and raw. People can't, because people can't do it because otherwise they'll be eliminated. They won't be a viable candidate. And that's, it's problematic. And it's problematic with dating because hello, that's what most of us do, especially now with like dating apps, right? You can present this whole image of yourself that may or may not accurately reflect yourself. But again, I think more people are being like, you know what, this is it. You know, and and that reminds me of what Carla has talked about a few times on our podcast is that when she started dating again, she started asking, "What are you looking for?" I mean, you can tell the story, Carla. Yeah. When she told me that, I thought, "Wow, that's." I mean, that's like we should be doing that. We should be yeah. asking, "What are we looking for?" But we're so afraid because we think that we'll turn them off, or they'll think we're too needy, or that's what that's what we got to do. Well, this is why I, I mean, I'm all about my self-love journey. And I say it's a journey because it's, there's no destination to it. Like we don't get things in life. I, this is the problem too. Social media is such a quick fix. It's an instant gratification. It's the band aid, but that doesn't actually create change. Like there's so many people who are posting about relationships and this and do this and try this. But if you do not take a step back and do the work yourself and heal and work through your situations and be conscious and present with what's coming at you, you're just going to keep being in the same relationships with a different face. And, and that used to be my story. That very much was my story. And, and, you know, I got sick of it and I got sick of my behavior around it. And, but it doesn't, it didn't mean that all of a sudden, because I had done all this work on myself that I'm on this pedestal and then every relationship I'm ever going to have after my codependency is going to be successful and, and make it. I mean, I talk about this on our podcast for our new new year special in 2022. I ended an engagement. I, I saw red flags at the very end of that relationship that I was like, whoa, these are deal breakers. This is not Okay. And I made a conscious choice to end it because I had love, I love myself because I have done this work, but, but that was heartbreaking. And that was, it was actually very traumatic. And I, and I had to go um, back to a trauma therapist and work through it with EMDR and all of that kind of stuff. But I will tell you this, I survived. I'm here. I got through it. I, you know, I don't even want to like mention my relationship status now because I don't want people to feel like, oh, well, I'm in a relationship right now, but I don't want people to like listen and think like, oh, she got through it and then finally got the relationship. It's like, that's not what life is about. And then the codependency tries to tell you that you need to have this perfect relationship. You need to be in a relationship to be validated. No, I felt really confident ending that relationship. I was scared. It was upsetting, but I also felt really fucking good in my own skin when I was single and when I was dating and I was showing up for me and I was showing up authentically. And so it's not really about your relationship status. It's about how are you making choices for yourself so you can show up as the best version as you. Completely. You brought up so many different things, so many different like threads I want to pull on there. But first I want to jump into, thank you for bringing up the idea of when we are feeling challenged with being ourselves in dating, it's if we ever find ourselves not wanting to share something or being afraid that if we do or say or reveal something that we might lose someone it's so important to recognize that that will never, that can't lead to a true connection, right? Unless you have this amazing person who's going to call you out and be like, Hey, I see that you're kind of holding back, maybe open up. But I just love that because I've been honing in on that lately. Cause I realized just how much I pretzel and contort myself at times. Cause I'm like, Oh, this might not be appealing. Even something like I was dating someone at the start of the year, which, you know, I'm 37. Now you'd think I've come a long way, but I could tell at a certain point, I was like, I think that they're just trying to sleep with me. And we were dating for a few months and I still didn't want to do it. And part of my mind was like, well, you got to, because they're going to lose interest. And I realized what the hell kind of a reason is that if someone loses interest in you, because you don't yet feel safe to be intimate with them, then that's not a person to be with. Because there's so many things you can do in that situation. You can have a conversation around it. They could ask you about it. But instead he never asked me, he just ghosted me. And it gave me my answer right there. That was your intuition was right. It was saying, don't do this. This is not good for you. So it's so crucial to be, you have to be gentle, but to slowly allow yourself to just be who you are because the right person will never leave 
when they see who you really are. And the wrong person is never going to be swayed to be with you just because you do all the right things. Yeah. So I think that that's so hard to learn sometimes because we can feel just like you said, like yourself from a young age where you're like, I need this boyfriend. I need this thing. And so we can hold on to something and, and you know, kudos to you for leaving that engagement. Cause I, I think also women have so much pressure to be married oh, by God. a certain age and to have certain oh, things. My God. They'll say, no, no. Okay. Wait. Okay. It keeps being problematic and teetering on abusive, but I need this ring and I need this yes. marriage and I can't let it go now. What are people going to think? So that's amazing that you did yeah. that. And, and I want to point out I'm in my thirties and women in their thirties get so much fucking pressure around. You need to get married. When are you going to have kids? When are you going to, you know, all this, all this stuff. I'll tell you right now, I'm fucking living my best life. Like I, like, I, like it didn't, it didn't matter. Like to me, actually like ending that engagement gay and I was already doing you know I was already on my self-love journey like this wasn't like I, I was showing up for myself the best way I could in that relationship like I felt good about myself but I will tell you right now that that is like I'm, I'm very like spiritual in my own way and I just look at it, the universe gave me a gift I am so grateful and I would do everything that happened again over and over again because where I am right now I wouldn't want to give up for anything that's amazing you know and when yeah. you look at your life everything that you do takes you to the next place. I mean, if I go through each place that I've been, it brought me here. I mean, all the way to the alcoholic ex. I mean, the alcoholic ex introduced me to the 12 step program of Al-Anon. Then I met a friend who moved out here. I came out here. I loved it in Florida. And I did meet a guy out here. I will say that he was part of the move, but not the whole reason that didn't work out. And here I am. And none of them, none of it was a mistake. I mean, when I really think about that, I go, wow, each thing brought me here. Yes. It's wild when you see that. And it, to me, it really brings that deep knowing that it truly is all a part of our soul. To me, I call it the soul growth, your soul evolution, that things that we might say was like the worst thing that ever happened to us. When you look back with a clearer vision, you see, oh, that was necessary for my growth. How would I've oh, ever learned in this it, lesson? I guess, but when we're in it, we, we just can't see it. You know, we're, uh, we just can't see it. I'll be transparent when I was in it, um, at the very, like, yeah, like when I had ended my engagement and I was just like, what the fuck is in front of me? Oh my God, this is like so awful. Like what, like, I don't see anything in front of me. Like, what is this? Because I, I have to say like, and everybody's on their own path and journey, but I've, I've been really practicing this for the last eight plus years around really like my recovery around codependency. And I just thought, okay, you need to do something for yourself. So this might sound a little crazy and I get not everybody has this flexibility or the financial means, but I was like, I'm going to Mexico for five weeks and I'm going to work remote there. And I'm just going to go live my best life. And it gave me something for me. And I had been taking Spanish classes prior to this. And so I thought, well, I really want to get good at Spanish and I'm half Mexican and I want to go out there and reconnect with some of my Mexican friends. And, and so I, I really just was like, I'm going to just do this. I'm going to just do this for myself. And that gave me life. Like it, it, it reinvented this like piece in me that I needed to, to have, to be able to continue moving forward. So if anybody's in it, you know, it will pass, but find something that's yours and it can be something small. Maybe it's just a hobby you want to do something you can look forward to on Tuesdays, you know, you go to. But of course, when you're a love addict and you're not in recovery, what you do is you think, oh, I'll just find somebody else. Mm -hmm. Oh, this one broke up with me or this one betrayed me or this one's an alcoholic. So I'm going to go replace that person with somebody else. Replace it with something for you, like what Carla did. Take a trip. I keep talking about going, go kayaking find something that's going to be my new thing on our podcast go <laughs> kayaking go kayaking go, i mean find an adventure something that you, that is yours that can never be taken away i'm not saying a relationship is going to end but let's face it you know and at least in my in my history yeah. you know they have ended so to have things that are yours like you know waking up and looking at the ocean like whatever it is that you want do it yes. and don't wait until you're my age do it when you're now. Carla's age. Although Sherry, age. right now at your age, you need to go kayaking in Ireland, clearly, is the message here. Oh, <laughs> kayaking. Now that, That's where you're just going to get this like opening. There's something big is going to happen when you kayak. Yes. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I need to like, look Ireland. up an Ireland trip for this summer. Apparently, Ireland has really good surfing. So I'll go meet you in, I'll go meet you. You can go kayak and I'll go surf. 
I just might get online after this and go, what is in Ireland? Wait, for me this just fall? book your trip. Cherry, you don't have to wait for the lottery or whatever. Just book your freaking trip. Well, that was Scotland. I'm talking about Ireland and England. So you got to go. Trip. Yeah, book it. Book it. But um, Sherry, to what you were saying, I I completely agree. And to what you both were saying is it is it really is about that's to me the breaking of codependency because I recently I was seeing two people back to back. Both were the same person, different coats, whatever you want to call it. It's the same sort of indifferent little, you know, breadcrumbing. And I let it go. And I, it's hard to sit with that. Cause I, you know, again, you get hooked on that reinforcement. I, there's nothing I love better than texting with that indifferent man. Who's like, Hey, what are you doing tonight? And you get the text and you're like, oh my gosh. and then you're, you know, I was really into that. And so I had to say like, cause I did have that inclination. I was like, maybe I should jump on Tinder so I can find my new person to text with on a Friday night. And I was like, is that what you really want? Do you want to just replace one for another? And I said, no, I want to detox. I want to let that out, that need for, uh, for attention, for stimulation. I want to get that out of my system and see what's actually going on here. And so just you guys spoke to, I took time for myself. I ended up moving to this place that's, it's a farmhouse. I'm renting a place on farmland and there's goats and there's chickens and I'm planting stuff and I'm growing things. So every day I'm spending time with animals and with the plants and grounding in that it's, it is very it's so nourishing and it helps me see what true health means, right? What it really means to tend to things. And I need to tend to myself the same way and trying to do it through a man isn't working. And I think, you know, Carla, just like you were saying, I've done it my whole life. I've said, this will do the trick, right? This approval, this, you know, acceptance, love from this person will fill this void, will heal this wound, but nothing can ever do that except for us right? No one can take care of that whole except for us. And when you're broken and you're having a toxic relationship with yourself, that's all you're going to attract. I really believe that. People have said that to me for years and I'm like, no, 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 no. It's so true. Until you feel like a a whole person, you're just going to keep attracting broken. And it'll be very clear. Like I was dating someone last year that was toxic and I shook it off and I said, I'll try again. Same thing came in and I shook it off. Same thing again. And so that's why I finally was like, okay, stop. Like maybe what you need to do yeah. is change the energy, change your vibration, yep. change your frequency so that next time you're going to meet someone at a healthy level, but you got to get healthy first is what I realized with myself. Yes. We're going to find someone that's going to tend yep. to you as you are tending to the animals and plants. Yeah. And I mean that in the best way. You're going to tend to them <laughs> and they're going to tend to you. Not I just love they're going to tend to you, but that's really the truth. You are ten- yeah. You are going to bring in a, a, te- a tenderer. <laughs> Yes, I like it. Well, you know, the other thing, (laughs) the the other thing that I was going to say too, is like every time I've had a breakup, um, like since I've been like on my breaking free of codependency journey, um, I will say I take time off from dating. I spend time with myself and I don't feel the pressure of, you know, being in a relationship again or whatnot, you know, it's funny because I had friends ask me like, are you going to freeze your eggs now? Like, like that you're like, you ended your engagement. I was like, no, no, I feel, I I feel really, I just, I'm right now I'm, I'm in today. I'm really just present with myself. Like I I'm not worried. I just really am not like the universe has my back and I'm just going to keep doing what I need to do to show up. And I think that's actually what's key here too, right? Like you're not just going to like manifest, sit there, say, I want a really healthy relationship. I want this type of person. And then like, do nothing. You have to do your fucking part. Like you got to show up to life, you know? And and part of that too, was like my dating strategy in terms of like, I'm going to heal. I'm going to make sure that I'm available because I don't want to do that to myself, um, where I'm getting into relationships, which I've done before, where it was like a relationship ended, pick up a new one immediately. Right. Can't be alone. Got to find somebody who, okay, fine. Temporary fix bandaid. Right. Um, where I was like, I know I really want to choose the next person I'm going to be with. And I was so intentional about that. Like very intentional about like who I was dating questions. Like Sherry said, like when I was on the apps, I, I met my now partner on the apps, but, um, you know, I was asking like, what are you looking for in a partner? Like, what are you looking for right now? And then I'd go on these dates with people that said, 
intentionally that they wanted a life partner or they're ready for, you know, eventually would like a family and like whatever. And so I kind of vetted through that way of just getting on the first date. But then when I was on the dates, I, I wanted to, you know, know more information. I would ask particular questions um, so that I could get some information about them to see, do they fit into my life? I was no longer trying to fit into other people's lives. Yes, absolutely. And I love that you brought that up because what, as you were talking, what came to me is sort of the essence of my show, Women Awaken, is the divine feminine. And that's another thing I've really been on right now is that essence of being in your in your receiving energy, that yin energy, where just like you said, you're not trying to fit in someone else's life. You're allowing to be in your feminine and allow things to come to you and let them fit in your life. Because that's when we break the cycle of codependency. Because to me, when I visualize codependency, it's me reaching and trying to get everything and try to connect with things outside of myself to appease and make peace within. But when you surrender, I think surrendering is a big point that people reach that will ironically lead them to exactly what they want. We feel like we need to micromanage and you know try to control everything. But when we surrender and just become that receptive space, you naturally draw in that which is most aligned with you that's for your highest good. And that is a that state of peace, right? You know, when you were talking about clinging and, and grasping, I mean, that is what addiction is. You know, addiction yeah. is grasping for something outside of yourself to make yourself feel good. And all it really is, is a call for love. And everybody wants to be loved, but does it just have to come from a partner? It can, ask, it can come from your dog, your cat. You're a cat person, dog person. Cat person. Yeah. Cherry and I always talk about this. Well, I'm a dog person. person. She's a cat person. So we don't have that in common, but we're animal people. The point is. <laughs> That's point what's is, important. You know, they say the opposite of addiction is connection. You want connection. You're, you're, you're so hungry for connection, but there's really healthy connection out there that doesn't have to be a, a partner. And nothing wrong with a partner. It's wonderful, but yeah. it's not the only connection. Absolutely. One thing I've realized that I think stands in my way from shifting from that addiction to connection is that I, I think I've, I, in a way, I'm almost afraid of being fully seen. I think being in a codependent relationship is also tempting because you're just, you're so focused on trying to win them over that you're, and you know that they're kind of can't really see you and a bit indifferent. So you don't have to be seen fully, but someone who actually loves you and is interested in you, you're going to be fully seen. And that can feel scary when you're used to this sort of chaotic up and down tumultuous situation. Something healthy is you have to not only see someone else, but let them see you fully. Oof. Uh, yes. And I'm saying oof, because that requires vulnerability yes. to be seen. And that is how you can, I mean, talking back to the, the connection piece, that is how you connect in relationships. It's not trauma dumping, which is what I once did and thought, oh, well, I need to find other fucked up people because I'm fucked up. So therefore, you know, I only can attract people who've also gone through really hard things in life. Like now I'm like, <laughs> stay away unless you've done your healing like that. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not here to fix you anymore, but, but yeah, I mean, that's what connection is, is vulnerability and it's being seen and saying, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I've been through. And yeah. then sitting there like, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable, but it's so essential. I mean, when you break the word down intimacy, it's into me, I see. And so a lot of times for me, all of these relationships, I'd say, oh, I keep picking unavailable men. I keep picking, you know, addicts, alcoholics, abusive men. What is wrong with me? Well, what was wrong with me is me. I didn't have an intimate relationship with me. Mm -hmm. it took me years, you know, like I said, up until my fifties. And what did it was trauma work. I found a fantastic trauma therapist. I am a licensed therapist. And then I learned how to be a trauma therapist and work with others. And that is, that is a deal breaker because once you get to that trauma piece, uh, you can finally be present with yourself. You don't have to run from yourself. You can self-soothe yourself. You can be alone with yourself. You know, I just would avoid pain at all costs. You know, one person and one relationship ended, I had to be with another one because if not, I was going to be in so much pain. And what was that pain? That was that little preemie baby in the incubator wanting to be loved, wanting to be picked up. And that is not, you know, you're not going to be, you're not going to meet somebody healthy from that perspective. You've got to step into your adult self. So I had to do the trauma work. And a lot of people don't understand why they're stuck. Like, why do I keep picking the same person over and over again? Because maybe you haven't done 
the deep, deep trauma work. And and mm-hmm. I do somatic experiencing, but there are people that do EMDR. They can do ta- they can you know work with someone that does tapping. There's all kinds of programs or modalities out there. But find someone that you can work with that you trust that you are you know you did your homework. You want you want to really get to that deeper level. And I guarantee you, you won't be afraid to sit in that pain and you will move from that pain. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's the misconception people have is that they try to approach love and relationships through their head and thinking, right? They're like, well, I know that I want a loving, kind person, but what's really running the show is our energetic, emotional body. That's I I believe that when we keep bringing the same people, it's because our head is like, no, I want to a, you know, a strong, courageous, good guy, but our emotional body is like, I want the same old flavor that we've been having until you, until you heal, right? Like we're saying, it's your energy vibration that attracts certain people until we do that work that you spoke of. It's, it's harder work. It's deeper work. And sometimes it means taking a long break from intimacy or relationships because you have to tend to yourself. I'm big into inner child work as a professional and in my own personal healing journey because it's about seeing what's really deep in there. And it's a lot about what are the core beliefs about yourself that are really stuck in there pretty strongly. Maybe it's that you you aren't lovable. Well, if you have a fundamental belief that you're not lovable, you can say all day long what you want, but that belief is going to govern everything. And it's going to keep you from someone who actually will love you. And you're going to be repelled by someone if you haven't done the work, you're going to be repelled by someone who is healthy. Yes. You're going to yeah, be, like you know, which like, used to be me very much. Yeah, I mean, so. like, I, I, you know, think about it. Like I literally will work with my clients when I do somatic experiencing and I'll say, okay, picture a, a very, just a nice guy, not a bad boy or, you know, a nice person, someone who's that person that, you know, uh, you know, isn't so exciting, but just, you know, a nice person, a healthy person. They don't have to be boring. They could just be, you know, regular Joe, whatever. And literally imagine getting closer to them, closer to them. They will just be like, ah, that is, that just feels so uncomfortable because they don't know how to be intimate. They don't, because if you're with someone who's so exciting and you're so busy focused on changing them and waiting for the next, you know, shoe to drop or the next time they're going to yell at you or whatever they're going to, or the next time they're going to be drunk. That keeps you from being with you. You're too focused on them. And that's, that's the, that is what you have to do. You have to do the work or you're going to be repulsed by healthy. That, yeah. I know that was, that, that was, that was big. I'm sitting there going, yeah, that was me. That was a hundred percent me. I mean, literally everything that you just described used to be me. I mean, I was sitting in my therapist's office like a decade ago And I had, yeah, I told her, like, I just don't want to find somebody who's, I just can't be with somebody whose parents are probably still together and, you know, didn't go through a lot in life. And then like five years after that, I was talking to her about how, yeah, I'm really looking for somebody who, you know, his parents maybe have been together or if, you know, they got divorced, they've done the work around it. And she just looked at me and reminded me that you used to not want somebody like that. And I was like, oh my God, weren't you concerned? And she was like, you'd come around. Well, why would uh, you want that? Then you'd have no job. You'd have, to, you know, your fixing job would be what, you know, where would, would my controlling job, where would, where what? would my worth, my worth be? I would well, have to look at myself. Yeah, I would have to look at needed. myself, which was scary. And that is scary, right? When you're a codependent, the last thing you want to do is look at yourself. Like you are so up in the other person's business or other people's business that you don't, and and it comes as a disguise. Oh, I'm just really concerned about them. Oh, I just really want them sober. Oh, I'm afraid they have an eating disorder or like, you know, whatever it is. It's like, you're all like trying to fix. And it's like, no, that is all just smoke and mirrors. It's a distraction from taking the finger and pointing it back at yourself. And I don't say this in a way to be harsh. I say this because that's, this is my journey. This was my journey very much around it. Listen, ladies, whoever listens to this podcast, it is not your job to be an angel to someone. It is not your job. You, you need to be a partner to someone. You need to be a grown-up to someone. You're not there to be their mommy. Yeah, and I think that women can think that that's their place and they can feel safe in that spot. Like, okay, I know how to overgive and to care give and to tend to, but that's not, you know, it needs to be reciprocal energy, right? And you, you need to feel like you're both... And again, that's another way to lose yourself where you're just like, oh, no, don't worry about me. I'll just take care of you all the time. And it's like, well, what about your needs, right? That's such an important thing to remember both inside and outside of relationships is that 
everything is symbiotic. Nothing can flourish and grow from just giving and giving and giving. Everything needs to receive as well. And it's the same in relationships. And I think most codependent relationships are like the start, stop, give. It's like, okay, well, I'll give you this and I'll get, wait a minute. Well, you didn't give me this. So I can't give you this. And it's this like fighting and this blocked energy. And it does, it just, that's why it can never work. Cause it's not, again, not healthy. And another thing I realized to your point of like, you know, healthy is going to seem gross. If you're, you know, not used to, it, it's going to seem like a turnoff is something that kind of came to light for me recently was when I kept saying like, Oh, I'm, I've been in this toxic situation. This person was toxic. I was like, I was toxic too. Like it takes two to tango. And I was like, wait a minute. When I was with him, I was saying these crazy things. We would get in these fights and I would tell him like, you don't love me enough and you didn't do this enough. And you were like, that's so toxic. You can have a conversation about it. But I, I was like, dang, I was the problem too. So again, I got to look at myself. Like, why was I needing the, you know, such extreme validation from this person? Why was I screaming at them that they weren't giving me enough? That's not healthy. That's toxic. Okay. I'll take it. If you keep picking toxic, it's because you got a toxic, toxic relationship with yourself. Yes. I thought you were going to say chocolate relationship with yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, cause you got a chocolate, a sweet, a sweet relationship with yourself. That's what we're working towards. We want that true relationship. The chocolate. Yeah, but it's so true. I mean, it's because you're having this internal fight with yourself of, okay, I love you. You're good enough. But wait a minute. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because this didn't happen and this didn't happen. And it's conditional, right? You haven't moved into that unconditional space, which again is that safe, healthy, peaceful place that's calm and isn't all these ups and downs, right? always be moving towards secure. Even if you have an anxious attachment, you can always move towards secure relationship. You can try to find someone who's secure. That's really important. Well, also think about what does that even look like to you? What would that, what would that mean? I mean, it wouldn't be this guy that's texting you 24 seven, you know, who's so wants to hook you in so fast or is obsessed with you. Uh, someone who just is slow, you know, it's slow and steady dating. Like, okay, let's go get some ice cream. <laughs> you know, Carla went on some ice cream dates. Oh, ice cream dates. That's what yes. made me think about that. But it, it, it shouldn't. It, it's it's just you know slow and steady. Like, you know the the on. relationship I'm in today is extremely healthy. It is awesome. Like I'm really grateful for it. And I have to say that I like what was something, and I just want to use this as an example. We're talking about pacing relationships. Is that I was very upfront about, look, like I want to pace this. I want to like get to know each other. I don't want to skip over this, right? Like it's easy to skip over and be like, cool, we're together immediately, right? But I was like, and I wanted to slowly open up about certain past trauma and things like that that have happened that is important for my partner to know about. And he was game for it all. Like there was never any pressure of like, oh, well, maybe you don't like me and you know, you don't want to you know, get to like, cause you're wanting to pace this or, you know, he was, he would just check in with me and I'd say, you know, this is how I feel. He's like, great. All right. Sounds good. You know? And, and that's what being in a secure relationship is like. And, and so, and then I, you know, and it was me that I was the one that was like, okay, so like, how are you feeling about the pacing now? And we'd had multiple conversations before we officially were, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, but, um, but it, but that's like what, when Sherry's talking about, you know, slow and steady pacing, like that is very much what my partner and I created. And, and, and that's how you build real emotional intimacy is by slowly opening up and slowly sharing and slowly trusting. And it's not out of a way of, I don't trust you. So I'm going to put walls up and I'm not going to share everything. Cause I don't want to be judged. It's out of, I'm really scared to share this, but I'm going to share it anyway, because it's essential. You know, and, and being, um, you know, and so I think that's, that's how I look at, I don't know, my own example of being in a really um, secure relationship today. That's beautiful. And I'm obviously so happy for you. That's incredible to know that, to experience. And it just, it says a lot about you. Cause just as we were saying, when we find ourselves in toxic situations, it's because we're still in that toxic place with ourselves. When we get into something healthier, it's because we've shifted awesome progress. And it's so important to speak to that. Because I really do believe that some people, sometimes I feel this way, that it's not out there, right? Sometimes I feel like a healthy, loving connection is like a unicorn. <laughs> it's a nice I, idea I, that I, doesn't exist. I had felt that way before in the past, <laughs> 110%. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it does. because, And also going back to our core beliefs, I don't know about anyone else out there, but because of the way I was raised in my you know, situation with 
adult men in my life, I really didn't believe that men had any real loving interest in, in women that was authentic, right? That was like that they could actually care or be attentive to a woman truly. And mm-hmm. with, of course, I'm not going to find that if I don't believe in it. Yes. Yeah. I, I'll also say this too. What I was looking for was somebody to mirror me. So either they had to be at my level or surpass it. So I was looking for somebody who was emotionally intelligent, who was emotionally available, who had, um, you know, is at least like introspective. Like those were all really important things that I wanted because I had done that work. I needed somebody to mirror that because, you know, it's really difficult. It's not impossible. Okay. But it's really difficult to be in a relationship with somebody who is just not at the same level as you. Yeah. in terms of like work on yourself. And, and, you know, it doesn't mean you have to be with a partner who's done years and years of therapy, like I have before, uh, but you need somebody, you know, for myself, I needed somebody who was emotionally mature and who, uh, had similar values and similar interests, like all of those things is a combination of things. But, you know, for me, it was very much like I'm either meeting somebody who's at my level or they have to surpass it. There was never going to be this. And this is what I used to do so much is, oh, well, it's okay. I'm going to make an excuse for them of why they're not there yet. Right. They're, they have potential, but it's like, I, you can't, you, as Sherry says, you can't fall in love with potential. You have to fall in love with reality. It's very true. And I, that's the challenging thing that I speak to often is we do want to be mindful because even if something's unhealthy, it can feel love. You can definitely get connected with somebody. You can definitely feel, have feelings for someone. And when, once we have feelings, especially for women, we are more likely to make those excuses where we'll say, well, you know, they don't, we don't really have an intellectual connection, but you know, it's okay. Well, they don't actually ever try to like do anything nice for me, but you know, we have a good time. The sex is good, whatever it might be. The more you get involved with somebody, the harder it is to have that conviction to say, not for me. So it's it's good to be mindful of, do I even want to pursue this? Right. Like I, I actually did an episode about having gatekeepers where when you meet someone have very specific things where it's like, if this is not a, if, if there aren't these certain things in place, then it's a no go because I've, most of us have been around the ringer a few times, right? Like I've tried it before. I've tried to let somebody in who, whatever it was, like didn't do these things, but I made an exception because I wanted to give it a chance. Right. But it didn't work out. So I learned my, I learned that way. It was a great thing at that point, but now I'm not willing to do that anymore. I'm not willing to try something that I know 99% of the time doesn't work. I can say this firsthand. Time will just keep passing by. If you keep doing that, keep picking people for all the wrong reasons. Time, it goes very fast. Life goes very, very fast. It does. So, you know, it's okay to take a little time with, for yourself, sit in the pain, sit in the aloneness, like what you're doing right now is perfect and you'll find somebody I'm sure we both will. Yeah. But I think, I think you need to go to Ireland first though. I think that's a thing for you. <laughs> Sherry, you got to go to Ireland. Or maybe like, they're in Ireland, like something. I just I need do, to hear oh, about it. I, I do okay. love those accents. She loves but, accents. Sherry loves a good accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's I, the only thing I liked about your, your ex. <laughs> oh, he had an accent. I mean, I don't even know him. I never met him because I, I don't like him because of, you know, I'm sorry. He just, because he hurt my Carla, but, um, Aww. No. but he did have a nice accent that can, that can get us. And, and there is things like that, right? There's it didn't those, get like, me. It didn't get me. That's <laughs> You got out. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, ladies, this has been such a fun, wonderful conversation. I would love to end if you guys could share, like, what is your greatest inspiration? Like, what do you think can be like a guiding light for people who are working towards if they are maybe at the point where I'm at, where it's like, you know, I think I'm really ready to wait for that. The real thing where I'm ready to honor myself enough that I don't entertain paths that I know might be fun and exciting, but are going to end up leaving me in the dirt, right? Feeling like, oh, I did it again. Like Britney Spears. Oops, I did Oops, it again. I did it again. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, right? You're like, damn it. Not a damn. Oh. Yeah. But hey, we got to forgive ourselves. Every I think every human connection is absolutely worth it. Right. You yes. learn something yep. every time. Even if you have two similar toxic relationships, a little bit different, you learn something each go around and then you move forward. So what do you guys offer to people where they're really ready to take some steps forward towards something healthy? 
Well, first of all, go to our website, thelovesticks.com. Done. We're done. Thanks for having us on your podcast. No, no, I mean, I'd like to bring it up because we are creating something unbelievable that has a coaching program. Yeah. Yeah. All around getting in healthy relationships. That's literally what the program is. Yes. So that's why I'm sending people over there and take our quiz. Our are my relationships healthy? So go to the leftix.com. Oh, perfect. There we go. Yes. And, and there's a free workbook with the quiz Are my relationships healthy. So yeah, but I I would say, honestly, focus on yourself, like go live your life. And, and like I said earlier, you have to do your part. Like you got to do your work. So that is getting hobbies, getting interests, expanding your friend's circle, your social circle, doing things you enjoy, go travel. If you want to go buy a condo or a house, I might just be speaking for my own self right now, um, but, but you know, that really focus in on yourself, take care of you, show up for you. And if, and when you're ready to date, do it intentionally and, and don't, you're not going to do it perfect. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's progress, not perfection. Like there is no perfection in this at all. The idea is that you just keep making, you know, if you, if you start to see the red flags, you're seeing it in a shorter amount of time. Now you're not letting it go on and on and on forever. For me, it would just be stop beating yourself up. Just stop beating yourself up. This this is your path. No matter how many times you've made the same mistake, it's okay. Just get like like Carla says, just get back up again and either get a great therapist, work with a coach, find yourself, find yourself again. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it is so important to acknowledge our progress and just say, okay, that was frustrating, but I, you know, I'm moving forward ever so slowly, I'm still making progress. And one thing I'll throw in there is that I think also what can be powerful is to start having, whether you meditate or just take time on a walk by yourself, just like visualize, but also kind of call in like, what does it feel like to be around this person that you'd like to connect with? I know for me, it's feeling safe, feeling seen. Most of the men I've dated where it wasn't a healthy connection, I always felt like it was very, we were both very distracted. Like I never felt like we were fully present with each other. We're both busy with different things and not truly connecting. So when I picture my true companion, it's someone where we are both fully present for one another. And the power of this, I think, is that when you really start to spend time in that space, you're going to know if you meet someone that if they're not it, if you go out on a date with someone and you don't feel seen and you feel like they're not actually hearing you and they're distracted, then they're not, if you know, they're not that energy, then you know, they're not it. So you can move on and keep working towards what is. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you both so much for being on the show. Carly and Sherry, you are fantastic. The Love Fix podcast is absolutely fabulous. And thank you for doing it. I'm going to go check out that free quiz and the workshop and all that. So thank you so much. How else can people find you? Should they just go to the website or you guys on other platforms? Yeah. Check us out at thelovefix.com. And then we're also on IG, the Instagram uh, at the Love Fix podcast. Awesome. Well, I hope to meet again with you ladies soon because this was just too much fun being on your show, having you online. Awesome. Thanks so much, Whitney. Take care. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.